0: Well, good day, everyone, and welcome back to The Extras. My name is Sam.
1: And I'm Andrew.
0: It's good to be with you. Hello, if you're joining us on video, we're we're trying something a little different today, trying to engage online in as many different ways as we can. So we hope you find that helpful. Uh, But more or less, we're doing the same thing as we usually do, except this is your first time with us on The Extras. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks So much for taking us through Romans 8 on uh, Sunday. You, mm. you, yeah, it's really awesome to, to hit the peak, start. It is a great passage. Start getting I- into that, yeah, this, this wonderful part of the scriptures. Mm. But some people may not have um, heard, heard you, your talk on Sunday. Just recap us, help us to catch up. What, what was Romans 8, wonderful, all about?
1: Yes, I, I mean, as you said, it's, it, it's the mountaintop. We've been toiling up the slope, um, working through some of the sort of questions and answers that come up when we think about our salvation in christ here's the great proclamation of our salvation that there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and after that he begins in this little this little section of verses to turn from the nature of our salvation to the nature of our saved lives, yeah. what it is that a Christian life looks like. That's right. And so, right at the end, there's this turn, and then we're going, to, as we're going to see in the next uh, on on Sunday this week. Yes, he starts working out what does a Christian life look like.
0: That's right. And
1: in fact, that's what we're going to do for the next um, you know eight chapters of Romans is work through Christian life.
0: And that's so important, isn't it? Because as much as we want to be right on the 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 means of salvation, the means of grace mm. that Romans 1 to 7 has, has really laid out beautifully for us. We also want to be really clear on the nature of our new life uh, rather than thinking, right, it, Jesus has done it all. I'm just going to sit back and do nothing to glory. That That's not the nature mm. of the Christian life. The Christian life is Jesus has done it all so that mm. I can start to live this new, wonderfully uh, right. spirit-driven life that, that Romans 8 begins to talk about. And, and
1: Romans is such a brilliant work in the way it expresses uh, the... Salvation that we have, and the life that we have in Christ, mm. both simply and also with great depth. Yeah. So it, it really, I mean, and he literally, Paul literally does anticipate the questions and give us the answers. And so it's a really helpful work for us to sink into because it yes. both helps us to focus on salvation and some of the naughty questions, yeah. and Christian life and some of the naughty questions. Yeah. It's brilliant.
0: Brilliant. All right, well, we've got a, we've got some questions today that we're going to have a go at, uh, at tackling together. Uh, I've got a coffee to help me sort of think. think the truth. It's a cold Wednesday morning, actually, uh, here here at church. So we, we've got some coffee to warm us up. If you're coming to a watch party uh, or, or joining us uh, in person, we're going to try and fire the coffee machine up for the next couple of weeks. So um, come, come join us. And uh, yeah, but let, let's dive in. Um, first question we've got here is uh, a question about the law. And uh, you mentioned in your talk on Sunday uh, that the law... Uh, condemns us, um, and that's the great proclamation of, of eight one that there is now no condemnation if you're mm. in Christ. But someone's asked the question: What does that mean that uh, that you're condemned by the law? What is that talking about?
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, so, I mean uh, I mentioned it in in verse two, where it says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Mm. And so thinking about, in in the context of condemnation, we're we're condemned by the law. What does that mean? There's a few different ways of, uh, I guess, coming at it. One way of coming at it is, I mean, I think for some people they say, well, I'm not Jewish by background. Mm. In what sense was I under the law? That's right. How how does that work? Now, I think it's worth us going back to Romans chapter 2. So you remember Romans, uh, those of us who were with us uh, last year, which seems like about a century ago now. Yep. But... um, uh, we, we looked at, at, at the first part of Romans, Romans 1 to 4, which is this extended um, indictment of humanity, mm. basically. And he, Paul really does tease out um, the similarity and difference between Jews and Gentiles. But in the end, his main point is we're all the same. Yeah. In that we are all sinful and we are all under the condemnation of God. But he uses um, the term law for Gentiles in... Um, Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 14. So I read from 14 to 16. Yep. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Mm. So there's a sense in which every human being, whether they know the law or not, um, has a sense of right and wrong. Mm. And every human being, even though all human beings do good, all human beings do evil. We all sin. Yes, and we all fall far short of God's standard, which is uh, one way of what's of expressing what the law is. It, it's an expression of God's standard. What, it lays
0: what, out the standard for us.
1: Exactly, it, it tells us kind of what it is. And 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 so as we look at chapter seven, you know, as chapter six and chapter seven of Romans, as you come into contact with the law, as you read it and see it, all of a sudden. it tells you not to covet and you start coveting. There's a a perversity in in our nature, the sinfulness that's in our nature that means even the good revelation of the law will lead us to sin because of our own perverse nature. And so we're not able to get out from under that. Mm. There there is a reality that every human being Mm. is condemned by the law and, and ultimately by the law of God, but even by our own sense of right and wrong we all do yeah. what we know to be wrong
0: yes that's, that's right. our nature and that was the Romans 7 picture wasn't it we, we even though we know the right thing we do the wrong thing yeah. um, and at that point we you could say we are condemned by the law and you see it you, you read god's law and you go oh that is that is the right thing and, and i don't do it
1: yeah, that's <laughs> right well that's the wrong thing and i do it
0: exactly yeah. yeah that's right and and yet there is the great news of romans 8 verse 1 that there's now no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. That's right. But we do need to recognize that there was condemnation, whether Jew or Gentile, laid out for you. As the the law lays out God's standards, you are condemned.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Well, let's push on, uh, because kind of connected to that, there's a couple of questions around um, this interesting little phrase that Paul uses, which is in verse 4, about the the righteous requirement of the law. Now, there's a couple of questions on that. We'll come to them in a second. but. I thought it might be just helpful first, just to try and define terms of, of engagement. What is that phrase, the righteous requirement of the law? What's it talking about?
1: Yep. Um, I think there's a couple of ways you could take it, but I think I think what it's speaking about here is the goal of the law, the purpose of the law, which, of course, as Paul's just taken seven chapters to explain, Yes. that purpose is frustrated by human sin.
0: Mm. But the
1: purpose of the law... Yep. is that we would live in a way that pleases God yep. and uh, I think in Romans chapter 13 it actually expresses um, uh, what that goal is. So mm. it would be worth having a look at Romans 13. Yeah, take us there. Yep. Um, so Romans 13.
0: Yep. It's great to have your Bibles open if you're at home listening yeah, yeah. and just, just it's good to sort of search the scriptures on this stuff. So Romans 13, what, what verse yep. are we in? So
1: Romans 13 verse 8. Yep. Uh well, verse eight to ten. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. Yeah. And so um, I think we're digging this a little bit more, but I think I think it's it's the goal of the law, yes, um, which I think ultimately is is that life of love. Mm.
0: So so ultimately, we, what the law was always requiring of God's people, even in the, under the old covenant, was a a life of love. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Now that sort of leads us into the the next set of questions here. We've mm-hmm. got this question a couple of times, and I've sort of tried to um, gather these up together. Um, Because it seems like there are, back to Romans 8, it feels like there are two ways of of looking at what verse 4 is saying. Yep. Um, And people are sort of recognising that and and asking good questions here, saying, uh, are the righteous requirements of the law met uh, in us via a Jesus substitutionary work? That is, Jesus meets the requirement of the law for us and then kind of gives me that. Yep. Uh, Or are the righteous requirements met by the present work of the Spirit in me that I start to love. Yep. Uh, which one is Paul talking about?
1: So he's he says the righteous requirement, so yes. singular. Singular. Um, and so I think, um, to try and unpack it, I think there, there are those two views. Yes. And I think they're both theologically correct in that yeah. neither will lead you into error. Yes. Um, and I actually started the week that I preached yep. thinking... Uh, way A and I ended up with way B as yeah. I worked through the text. So yeah, um, okay. I think um, the idea of imputed righteousness, that the righteousness that we have comes from Christ yes. and that's what enables us to fulfil the requirements of the law. Yep. That's true yes. in the sense that Christ fulfils the law for us and Correct. we're in Christ yep. and therefore you can say, well, Christ um, meets, the righteous, meets the righteous requirement of the law for us. Yep. That's That's true, but I'm not sure that that's what's being signified in okay. verse 4.
0: And that that's important just before you go on there. That, that's important to note because you can see things in the scripture and and get a sense from a verse of an idea that is in and of itself true but perhaps not what that verse is actually yeah. pushing us towards. And so yeah. so what what do you you've changed your mind? What what do you think yeah. it
1: is? And so this is complex and and I absolutely um uh I absolutely respect that the, the the first view there. Yes. Yeah. But the thing that makes me think that it's actually what it's actually talking about is um, that in Christ we are enabled to meet the righteous requirement of the law, yep. or that it's met in us. Yep. It is is the phrase in us? I think. Okay. I think there's a there's there's three reasons, but. First of all, the in us phrase, I think it's a strange circularity if he's talking about in Christ. Mm. In Christ, I mean, it's true, in Christ it's meant in us, but it seems like an odd construction. Okay. Um, I think the other thing that that leads me to think it's it's the view that it's about us um, uh, fully meeting the righteous requirement of the law is that it's about... Is the construction of this first part of Romans 8, the fact of where he goes next, as we're going to see this week. the starts then talking about um, the mind governed by the flesh, verse 6, mm. versus the mind governed by the spirit. Yes. Um, and the, the, the way he goes, I think, seems to me to be an outworking of verse 4. Okay. And then the final one, which I think for me was the clincher, was Romans 13, the passage we just looked at a minute ago. Yes. The Romans 13 thing that talks about the, uh, the, the law being fulfilled by love. Yeah. I think that construction of how, you know, th- there was all, all of these don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah. It was the law. Yep. But really the goal was loving your neighbour. Yeah. And he's saying now in Christ we're enabled... To love our neighbour. Yeah, okay. And, and so in, in that sense, in Christ, we are now transformed and changed and we are able to meet the goal of the law. But I think it's yeah. very important to note yes. what that's not saying. Okay. So what it's not saying is that we are somehow enabled to do the right thing so as to please God and be saved.
0: It sort of works righteousness by the law. That's not That's a, right. So yeah.
1: we're already saved people. Yeah, because
0: we're in Christ. In Christ.
1: Yep. Yeah. And now that we are already saved people, the shape of our life is love. Yes. Which was the goal of the law in the first place.
0: That's right. And so therefore we are fulfilling the law now by loving, which is enabled because we're in Christ. Yep.
1: Yeah. And we were completely disabled, completely yeah. unable, unable to do it. Yes because of the because of our sin before. But nice. now we're able because yep. of Christ. Okay.
0: So, so let me see if I can synthesise all, all that together. So there is a view that says it's just saying Jesus has done it for us, that the righteous requirement has been met almost for us. But you're saying because it says it's met in us, it's possibly pointing at something else that's happening in our life now, which is because we're in Christ and have the Spirit now working in us, we're actually now able to do something we couldn't previously do, which is to uh, fulfil the law by loving.
1: Now, if you want to dig into this more, I I mentioned this, I think, at Night Church, Um, uh, I think two very good presentations of the two views. Yes. Um, Moo, the the, the commentary by Moo, digs into the imputed righteousness view and and, and pushes against the other view. And I think Paul Barnett's commentary, um, Mm. Paul Barnett, who used to be the Bishop of North Sydney, he's written, I think, a great commentary on Romans, and and he... um, I, I, I followed his line of thought there, yep. and I think that I think he's following... There's, mm. These are not novel thoughts. They're, yes. they're following streams of, of Christian sort of thought and argumentation over years. Yep. But I, I, I became convinced that that, that, that second view mm. was a better reflection of what the text yep. was saying.
0: And so that's a helpful little thing to, to see here, that there are um, good and godly men and women who, who think differently. Again, yep. same in Romans 7, yep. wasn't it? Um, and part of our job is to wrestle with the text mm-hmm. and to try and work out what what is it really saying, and be willing to change our view based on what the text is saying. Um, and yeah, there's good resources out there to help us help us yep. do that together. Um, yep. But it, it's there, there are some views that are correct theologically, but perhaps not what the text is saying is, is, is what you're showing yeah, us
1: and here. and our job is to try and do our best as fallen yeah. humans who are who, yeah. who are not perfect to try and work out what it's saying. Yep. But but also there's a, I think there is a, a boundary around that kind of thinking. I yes. think I think there are views of particular texts that are clearly not not correct. Correct, not that, every That seem right. to breach yes. um, what the Bible is actually saying in, in a more fundamental way. Whereas in this, I think both. Pathways lead to truth. Yes, and so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, yep. be worried if somebody was. Yeah. On, 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 the, on, other the, side on the other view, on this issue, mm. but
0: that's not the case on every issue. That's right. Yeah. Okay. This is really helpful. Okay, uh, we, we've got two more things that we want to cover here. Yep. Um, uh, so you took us really helpfully uh, in your talk on Sunday to the um, prophecy in Ezekiel about the the age of the spirit that yep. is to come and the change of heart that we're going to have yep. there. Um, few people have sort of noted that in that passage. Um, You get the word flesh there but it feels like it's used differently in ezekiel to what it's used in romans that in um ezekiel it feels like a a good thing to have a heart of flesh whereas in romans the flesh is just all the bad so what's going on here is the bible inconsistent in the way that it's using these words
1: the in in the way you frame the question the bible is absolutely inconsistent yeah great Um, in that tell me more the bible is a, a, a complex and wonderful library of works okay. that has uh, all kinds of different literature in it. It's got poetry, it's got history, it's got letters, it's got apocalyptic, it's got all kinds of things in it. Yep. And um, it uses language in different ways. And so in this case, um, what I think is going on is the word flesh is, is being signified as something different in both cases. So okay. in as you point out, in Ezekiel... It, it's setting up the heart of stone against the heart of flesh. So the heart of stone is the the idea that we are hard and cold and unable to please God uh-huh. because there's something wrong inside us. And God will give us a heart of flesh, which okay. is the, the heart of the spirit, which is a heart that is beating, that is soft towards yep. God, that is alive. Yeah. It, it's picking up that, that sense of flesh. Yep. Yep. Whereas in Romans, yes. the flesh idea has been used to be talking about sinful flesh, okay. the fleshly things, um, yep. the, the, the mind governed by the flesh as opposed to the mind that's governed by the spirit. So it's actually using um, a metaphor in two different ways. And so mm. I think there is a, a way of reading the Bible in a very flat way
0: okay.
1: that's unhelpful, where you say, well, this word always means the same thing everywhere. Yeah. Um, even when clearly the author's intending to use it in a very different way, I think what we want to be doing yep. is trying to work out what what is this saying and reading it as well as we can, sympathetically as we can, yep. because you can actually start imposing what you want the Bible to say by by saying, "Oh, well, this word always means exactly the same thing everywhere through the Bible," and you know, it, it's like some kind of Bible code where it's like a yeah. you're cracking the code, yep. and you, yep. it's not mathematics.
0: Yes, okay? and that's that's part of language, isn't it? That that words can have a, a, a breadth of meaning. And actually one of the best ways to understand words is uh, what what they're put in contrast to. Mm. And I, I take it that it sounds like what, what's going on in these... Context. Con- context is... Um, so in the Ezekiel context, you've got uh, stone v. flesh as a contrast and stone's clearly the bad one and flesh is clearly the good one. Whereas in Romans, it's a different contrast. It's yep. flesh v. spirit and flesh is clearly the bad one and spirit's clearly the good one. Yep. And That's, that's okay. Uh, yep. that, that words... And we do that with words all the time. You've got a breadth of meaning and and the word doesn't always mean the same thing in every context. It's it's, uh, explained by the words around it.
1: There's all kinds of examples. I mean, you know... The, the concept of plants, trees, okay. you know, Jesus condemns the, the the fig tree that doesn't bear fruit. And yet you've got the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. You've got Jesus expressed as the vine. Yeah. But then some of the branches get cut off and get yeah. burned. Yeah, um, You've got the, the seed and the soils, yeah. you know, the yeah. seed and different plants grow up in... Yeah, you know, yeah. the, there's complexity there that's understandable. We yeah. understand that there's that's differences in. Right. And how so, if you were used. to take
0: the view, trees are always bad because there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil that led to sin. Yeah. Trees are bad. Well, hang on a minute. Trees. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. a
1: very flat and almost silly reading of that. That's text. right, and, and
0: that's that's the beauty of language, isn't it? And and the Bible is a is a is is a, a document mm. of, of literature, and we, we have to read it as. And I,
1: th- I think it's it's also really helpful to understand that this is God mm. accommodating to us. So God's ways are so far above our ways. Okay. And God uses this wonderful richness of the Bible yeah. to express complex truths to us. And God knows what we are. Yes. He made us. Yeah. So he uses all kinds of different ways through through all these different authors to communicate his truth to us. Yeah, nice. And we want to embrace that richness, not try and iron it out. Or, yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's really helpful. Okay. All right. Uh, last one for today. Um, I think a really helpful place to finish, uh, someone's texted in and said, um, in light of your talk, what do you think about the idea that Christians should progressively be sinning less? Mm. Is, that a, is that a good
1: thought? Is that a right thought? That uh, That is a fantastic question. Yeah. And of course the answer is absolutely yes and absolutely no.
0: Okay, <laughs> awesome.
1: So um, I think... Um Uh, It is a great question because it it, it sums up our sense of how we think about our Christian life, but also sometimes what goes on in our our inner lives and and, and some of our worries and, and concerns about ourselves. So I think one of the realities of the Christian life, there's two realities at the same time. One is as we go along in the Christian life, our understanding of ourselves grows uh-huh. and our understanding of just how sinful we are grows. Okay. So, our knowledge of I realize now that I'm there's a whole realm of um, thought that I have yep. that was wrong. Yes. And occasionally it'll be just opened up to you and you'll kind of go, oh, yeah. And, and so, you, you, you grow in your appreciation or your, app- your apprehension of just how sinful you really are. So, sometimes you feel like you're sinning more. Mm. But I think that what the Bible's saying is the reality is, perhaps not if you look at it over a, a week or a month or even a year, but if you look at it over time, over yep. years, over decades, you will see progress. Yeah, And I think um, we, we ought to be, be looking for that progress. And in fact, the Bible, putting it negatively, says that if you don't see fruit, then mm. it's saying something's pretty badly wrong with that person. Maybe the person's not saved. Okay. Maybe you know there's, there's evidence that something's not right. So I think um, I think yeah, it's it's an important um, uh, question to be asking ourselves. Yeah. How am I going? Yeah. Um, but I think I think I think if if you have a look at something like um, Colossians chapter three. So if you have a look at Colossians three. Yeah. Nice. Um, Colossians 3 from verse 1. Yep. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry because of these the wrath of god is coming you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived yeah i think i read a bit of context there but i think the the center of that is the command in verse five yes put to death death, therefore now that is a very strong construction in greek it's um it, it, it is is kill. It's it's search and destroy. It's yeah, kind of yeah. absolutely annihilate. Yes, and so it's it, it's a very um, purposeful activity that mm. we're to be engaged in as Christian people to yep. to be looking at ourselves and putting to death whatever belongs to the sinful nature. Yep, and um, that is a battle that goes on to the day we die. Yes, and I think um, to pick up another passage, just a couple of pages back from Colossians. Yep, uh, looking at Galatians chapter five.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Galatians 5, um, uh, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You're not under the law. Yeah, it's very similar now, to what we've been talking about. Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah. people have said Galatians is little Romans. <laughs> and uh, it, it, he does trace out some of the arguments in or Yeah, it's
0: the cliff notes it, to Romans. But <laughs> it's,
1: it's a very different context. It's the angriest <laughs> book in the Bible, I think, <laughs> yeah, Galatians. Yeah. Yep. But um, it, it talks about this battle that's yep. in us, that there's this <laughs> there's this constant battle between the spirit who lives in me as a Christian person because of what Christ has done, yep. spirit lives in me, yep. seeks to push me to follow the way God wants me to be, yep. but my sinful nature is still there with me and will be till the day I die. There's a battle going on yeah, all the time yep. in me yep. and my job is to work hard to keep in step with the Spirit, to yeah, work hard nice. to put to flesh, uh, put to death the, the things of the nice. flesh. Yeah, and nice. I think, um, to, to come back to our question, yeah, I, yeah, yep. I think
0: yep.
1: the evidence that things are going well in the Christian life is the struggle I think the battle yes that you're fighting um the, it, it not victory yeah. victory is not for now victory is for eternity yeah yep. what we want to be seeing is is, is progress yep. movement forward yeah but there's reality about the battle we've seen and and I think too the other thing to bring in here is we're all wired differently mm. so different ones of us will struggle with different things and I think we all, We'll have things that will change very quickly when we become a Christian for good. And we'll all have things that we really struggle with. And um, I think what that points to is our need for each other.
0: Okay. So
1: if you have a look at um, Hebrews, have a look at Hebrews chapter 10. Yep. Uh, this is one of those passages I think you just should burn it on your mind somehow. So
0: this is a, this is a memory verse. Memory verse,
1: absolutely. Yep. Um, Hebrews 10 uh, verse um uh 25 yep uh or verse 24 yep um and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds Mm. not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching
0: okay
1: so this passage points uh, 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 along with a whole lot of um, the new testament points to the vital part that we play in each other's lives in this battle with sin. Mm. And I actually think as Westerners, um, which most of us are, I take it, sure. not all, but most.
0: And if not, we live in we West. And we
1: certainly yeah, live in, in, the, in the, the West. Culture. We yeah. work individualistically and that leeches into our Christian life. Yep. And that's not how we're meant to be. We're not meant to be Lone Ranger Christians. Mm. Um, I remember somebody um, told me years ago, you know, the Lone Ranger Christians like the Lone Ranger sheep, you know, that, that goes out amongst the wolves thinking that they're tough, they're okay. you know. Yeah. The, um, the Lone Ranger sheep with the tattoo and yeah. heads yeah. and the wolves just eat him.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you cannot do it alone. You're not made to do it alone. God's purpose is not that you would do it all alone. Yeah,
0: fighting sin is not a solo, solo game. We
1: need to lean on each other and we need to push each other and we need yeah. to help each other. Yeah, And um, obviously the worst thing that can happen in a church is that well? Bad things that can happen in a church, but yeah, yeah, sure. a, ba- a really bad thing that could happen in a church <laughs> yep. is you set up a culture where we project to each other that we're all we've got it all together. Sure. And because none of us do.
0: No.
1: And if you're walking around in that false environment that says we've got it, all, I've got it all together, you've got it all together. Yep. People walk in and start thinking, well, I don't have it all together. So yeah, what's wrong with me? They're all yeah. they're all fine, and yeah. I'm a mess. Yep. We're all messes. Um, yeah. We need to work with each other and learn each other. Now, of course, I mean that that touches on right now, doesn't it? Yeah. Because right now, in the world of COVID, we're a little bit strung out. Mm. We're a little bit separated from each I other. We're and, a
0: lot separated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yep. I think that's dangerous, actually. Um, yeah. And I know. I mean, you know, podcasts and Zoom sure. and yep. Yep. you know. Live streaming and watch yep. parties and all those things are good, but sadly, they're nothing like being together. Uh, yep. You know, there's there's a real something. There's something we're really missing out on, and it's sad. I think that's right. I think we need to make concerted effort to connect with each other at this time. Yeah. Now, of course, coming to church like we used to at the moment is not possible. Yep. but certainly it's possible to have a coffee with somebody. Certainly it's possible to, you know, that person in your growth group that you don't really know very well, invite them out. Yeah. Have a meal, invite them at the house for a meal. Yep. We're allowed to do all that stuff, at least That's at the moment. Right. Yep. Um, do that stuff, yeah. connect with each other and ask each other how you're going.
0: Yeah, Yeah. do it Do it with this question in mind, which is to, to be actually fighting sin yep. and helping each other do yep. that. Don't just catch up on the footy or the weekend or the Absolutely. whatever. Uh, yeah, help each other as Christians to battle. It's good
1: to have that expression between us too yeah. that I know that you know yeah. that I know that you're sinful. Yeah,
0: that's right. You know
1: what I mean? Like Absolutely That, that sense that we, we we know with each other yeah. that I'm sinful, you're sinful. We're both struggling. That's right. And we're both trying to put to death things and some things are harder to put to death than yeah. others.
0: And I need you to help me just as much as you need me to help you. Yep.
1: Yeah. And there's things that... um, I mean, we, we live in a world where... Yeah. There's significant boosters on bad behaviour. So I was just watching. Um, I don't watch the news much anymore, but um, I was watching the news the other day, and at like ten past six, this massive, well-produced ad for gambling came on. Right. A gambling app of yeah, some sort. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's just, that's prime time. Yeah. Now, I personally don't particularly have a an issue with um, gambling. It's not my thing. Yep. But I know people do. I know yeah. some people really struggle and you're just sitting there watching the news at six o'clock and yeah. on comes the gambling ad which keys yep. with your but yep. so we need to understand that living in this world is hard and we need to need work help. with each other yeah, yeah.
0: okay so let, let me see if i can draw some of those traits together the question we were tackling is is what do you think about the idea that christians should be progressively sinning less and you've helpfully sort of said well it's kind of hard to say one way or the other in one sense the, the longer you go on the spirit's going to show you ways of where you sin that you didn't even know of before. So it's going to feel like there's more sin to deal with as you go on. Uh, and that's, that's normal. And yet, even while that's happening, the work of the Spirit in you to, to fulfil the law, to love, to, to be godly, uh, is actually going to help you make progress, uh, particularly with love. Um, uh, and, and so we want, to, we want to look over a period of time and see progression. And uh, we also want to recognise that that's a battle, a fight that mm-hmm. goes on, and a battle that we need each other for. To, to work in, uh, help each other, particularly at the moment where the, the normal ways of, of engagement, coming to church, face-to-face growth groups, that kind of stuff, are, are, are interrupted. Um, we, we need to really... And, and it's interesting, isn't it? Hebrews says, um, let us consider, think about how we do this, how we may spur one another towards good deeds let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. And so there's a, there's a thoughtful intention yeah. to to this. Step. So we
1: don't feel guilty about what's going on in the world. It's not, it is, what not, it is. Not, not our fault, it's just what it is. But yeah. we need to think actively, how can I yeah. spur my brothers and sisters on yeah. and how can I be in relationships where I'm spurred on? Yeah,
0: that's right. And so it may yeah. be that at the moment you're listening in and actually you've got an opportunity to come along to one of the watch parties or to come along to uh, your growth groups considering opening back up again. Mm. And, and I think what we want to manage the risk and be safe we also want to hear the the scriptural imperative that we need each other and staying solo as much as it's nice to do you know church in my pjs and be able to drink my coffee while i watch the tv Mm. um i like that as much as the next person but actually i need more than that i actually need you and you need me and And we we need to be together
1: little um plug for our growth groups yeah i really do think growth groups are are a, a theater where ideally this can happen a bit that's right where we can get into each other's lives a little bit i mean we're, yeah. when we're in a, a congregation of you know, yeah. a room full of people yep. it can be harder but if you're in a in that, in that small smaller group, group yep. where there's an, an agreement between us that we're going to talk yep. and share we, yep. we can encourage each other so if it's, you're not in a growth group join yeah. a growth group
0: yeah um, and i'll tell you what our group has come back face to face for the last sort of seven or eight weeks now and uh I think next week's going to be the first week that we're going to have everybody in the room. Our, our last wow. person who was a bit nervous on Zoom is, is going to be with us next Tuesday. And I even in six or seven weeks, you can see it amongst our, our people that mm. the mood is up. We're, we're laughing. We're having fun. Zoom, we were faithful. We we, we read the text. We did the study. Mm. But it just didn't have this. There's this been such wonderful times of prayer and encouragement and... You know, people were at our place till quarter to 11 last night, yeah. and, and that's was beautiful. It was yeah. just, just so good. There's,
1: there's an animation that happens. I think somebody was saying the other day, it, was, it might have been you, Was saying you, you watch... Um the tired parents on a Friday night dropping kids off at our kids' ministry yeah. or youth ministry or something.
0: Yeah, and then they see and,
1: each other. And they see each other and they light up it's because beautiful. there's a there's a reality yeah. that we're built to be together, not that's to right. be apart. And that's right. So do everything you can to be together.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, and to just wrap that back to our question, doing that with a goal to helping each other make progress in the Christian life. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's really helpful thank you so much for, for taking us through it's good to be in Romans 8 yeah. uh, this week Fantastic. ahead uh, we're back into it Mike Everett's going to be with us on Sunday going to take us into the next section of, of Romans mm-hmm. 8 more about life in the spirit thinking through this 813 I've just shut my Bible but 813 says uh, thinking through how to how to put to death the misdeeds of the body by the power of the spirit we're going to be thinking through more of that mortification, killing of sin uh, yep. that, we, that we, we were talking about together just now, and so really want to encourage you to be there on Sunday. D- yeah, um, tune in, be here if you can. Um, this Sunday, North Rocks ha- are doing their first face-to-face thing, so if you're at North Rocks, come and come and join us. Uh, it's it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah,
1: it's so, going to be brilliant. Yeah. And the following week, we're doing um, uh, from verse 18. I'm preaching, um, and it's. I think, my favourite passage in the whole Bible. So I'm actually getting nice? to preach my favourite passage.
0: There you go. Isn't that good? You get to do it every now and again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very good. All right. Very good. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, God bless everyone. We'll see you next time in the extra.